welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. week's episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for you and for all your lovely uh, reviews. I, I read them all. I'm so grateful for them on iTunes and just the feedback I'm getting. I'm so happy and I'm so glad to be able to share these amazing guests that I love talking to, that I grow so much from and learn so much from. So I'm really happy uh, that you're here today and before I I'm gonna present today's guest I just want to make a quick announcement I've been spending the past year writing my very first book and it's gonna be out in June but it's already available to pre-order right now so if you type in love positivism uh, on Amazon or any other platform you can find it and already pre-book it and it's a book that is very practical and hands-on and where I go through every every uh, pillar of the law of positivism um, framework and how I've been working with mindfulness and everything that I've been teaching and practicing so I just wanted to let you know and if you have any questions please connect with me and I will let you know and I'm so glad to be able to present today's guest, Eva Williams. The talk we had was so amazing. We have truly connected on so many levels in the work that we're doing, especially in the divine feminine area of life. And we both work with, with uh, the body embodiment, but also with birth work. So... She is the creator of Golden Lotus, and that's a series of meditations and movement practices and sexual and spiritual energy education that cultivates spiritual awakening and sexual activation and embodiment sovereignty. And these practices focus on energetic anatomy and to cultivate, purify the body through ancient techniques, and she uses practices and techniques that include meditation, yoga, qigong, dance, breathwork, jade eggs, and everything that is divine feminine. And it's so beautiful. I learned so much from her from this conversation. And I think it's such an important work, such an important thing for us to learn as well, to truly understand the full embodiment of the feminine. So I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know if you have any questions or connect with Eva with, from the links in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel where I also have posted meditations as well as a yoga class for the sacral chakra. So enjoy this week's episode. <music> 
Hi, Eva. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Shireen. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I want to start by asking you how you stay mindful and present. Mm, thank you. I think in my day-to-day, mindfulness and presence is very related to ritual for me. Mm. I find that if I make all of the small actions I do um, a, a sort of a form of ritual, that it allows me to continuously pause, break, collect, and move on. So if I make a cup of tea, I just stay present while I'm doing it I begin the process and then I end it and I close it if I sit down at a table I organize the things I sit down I open the working session it's just kind of a a sense of maintaining um, clear spaces throughout the day so that you know when something has closed as an energy and that you really know when something's opened and I find that the more that I do that irrespective of whether that's a three-hour block or a two-minute hand washing it allows me that moment of contemplation as you open something and that moment of contemplation as you close something this is an aspect of ritual that I try to bring into my day today that is so beautiful thank you so much for sharing that I love that idea (laughs) of, of ritual and making like simple daily life things to rituals instead of like patterns that we're not aware of so I really Mm. like that that concept thank you for sharing and yeah I'm excited to talk to you today maybe you can start by sharing with the listeners who you are and what you are doing in life sure um so my name is Eva Louise Williams I am a somaticist and I own Golden Lotus or Golden Lotus DXB and this is a a company that I've developed which is really it's a modality um, that works with women through movement um, and then also body work and birth work at three different levels Mm -hmm. to assist women to feel more comfortable in their instinct and in their body so the whole body of work has been built in such a way to usher us from where I see most women sort of being in their day-to-day life in terms of the connection that they have with their body. It, it's, it takes us from this level of really beginning to awaken awareness, purify our body, um, draw attention into the pelvis. So really allowing ourselves to be in our sexuality without um, strange exchanges or you know without expectation or anything that we've set up in society to be related to sexuality it's really about being in that space just for you and recognizing what lives there as an emotional center for you and then we move through these different phases of just awakening um, this feminine consciousness which is really dormant in our medical models and is quite dormant in most of our society. So it's just about making that really easy to access and um, awakening the power in that because it's easy to access, but it's incredibly powerful. So that's what I've been doing for the last, Golden Lotus has existed for four years, but for the last 10 years, I've been 
um, studying and doing body work and I'm currently doing a doctor of osteopathy and um, yeah it's just it's kind of my life work is how how can we be more comfortable within our bodies and particularly as that pertains to women and women's health. So how did you what started your interest and passion for this work that you're doing? Well, I've always been really interested in in the body uh, ever since I was young. And my mother's always been quite um, open towards alternative therapies. So we would always see osteopaths and homeopaths and use, you know, rescue remedy and things like this when we were young. And when I was 13 or 14, I... I just found it really difficult um, when I was in school to be a part of, of the system that was, I don't know what was going on there. It was just very difficult for me to be in a normal system. So I decided to leave school to teach myself. And in that process, at the same time, I was also experiencing anxiety and a lot of hormonal shifts. I mean, 13 to 15 is a big time for everyone really at, at that age. And I was just beginning to notice more and more how little grasp medical science had on this, you know, um, giving like a 13 or 14 year old girl, you know, the pill, like hormonal, you know, pills to regulate their emotions or then putting, you know, basically kids, developing kids neurologically and hormonally, biologically developing children on Xanax or Zoloft. And it was never working for me. It was always something that within a week, I was like, I just can't do this. And so it sent me into this deep exploration of alternative medicine and what it had to offer. And um, I continued with that until I was um, and I wanted to study to become maybe a doctor. And again, I just really, I couldn't stand it. I was just, I could, I can't believe the way that we teach, the way that we live. And so I left again and I decided to just follow my heart. And so I went back home. We're originally from New Zealand. And I just spent about three weeks being in silence with myself. And my heart said, Melbourne. And so I went to Melbourne and that's where I found um, the Shiatsu College where I studied. It's where I found my spiritual teacher. Um, and it's also where I found my introduction to uh, the feminine arts, the jade egg work, and the embodiment and movement aspects that are part of Sufism, which is my spiritual tradition, but really also part of every tradition. And that was really what led me down the path of understanding how powerful breath, sound, movement, meditation really is. And, and through this, um, and studying Japanese acupuncture and bodywork, I really, I realized that that was really what my calling was, was how, how to feel more authentic and embodied and actually bring the sublime into the day-to-day. -day. And, um, yeah, I just continued on that path until four years ago or so I had a very direct uh, transmission come through me, and I was guided how to channel this work, and I started, and that's basically been what all of my time and attention has gone into since. Wow. So many questions. <laughs> it's such a beautiful story and path and, and so brave to, to uh, break out from the norms in a, such an early part of your life. In your work right now, how, how are you practicing and teaching your, what you have learned from 
your studies and what you're studying right now? How do you work practically with, I guess, with women and working with embodiment? Well, um, I studied a lot of movement and somatics. So um, I'm also a yoga teacher. And so we do in the level one work, a lot of um, movement, somatic movement and conscious movement um, through the form of yoga and sort of holding or yin yoga poses. So that comes out in the group work and the online work. Um, and for me, that's very much about focus on breath and center of gravity. I mean, you can do one pose so many different ways, depending on where you put your attention and what your intention from your practice is. Um, I mean, the same, you know, the same postures are in Hatha as in Vinyasa, but these are very different styles. And so I'm really working with this, um, this internal meditative practice for women to really awaken what's going on within them during the time they set aside for their practice as a time for them to be deeply in connection. I think a lot of people practice movement and they feel better after their class, you know, like, oh, I'll go to the class, I'll feel better after. And the intention of this practice is that you feel incredible during the practice, that you feel that this is the time just for you and that there's full permission to be however you need to be in that class, even if that means actually just lying down in the presence of other people for 90 minutes. So everything is permissible and it's, um, it's fully devotional time for yourself. Um, and these threads also run through my body work. I run a clinic and again, you know, for me, it's very much that somebody is able to completely relax and go within. So while I'm working on the body, um, it's really about them having deeper access to their own spirit in that time. So it's a, I work in a very sort of massage style and I do full body treatments, including internal intravaginal body work. Um, and in these three hours, it should just feel like a ritual, everything. There's so much permission for everything when I'm working on the heart and the breasts, you know, obviously it's very emotional. It's very tender. We're working on the pelvis. So much can arise. It's, yeah, and also reawakening the sense of what it means to be touched with love and without agenda when it comes to our labia or our sexual organs or our womb space or the whole pelvic bowl, internal or external. So it's really about a reconnection to yourself in the softest way. Um, and I think that that's kind of the intention for all of it is this way of how can we reclaim that incredible spiritual and sexual energy that each of us has to be a source or a battery um, for us in our day-to-day -day life and in a way that is feeling pure and not storing a lot of emotions or hurt or shame or trauma but really is cleared out so that we have a sense of ourselves and how this really is our birthright in our day-to-day -day life and I think that you know this is so powerful this is literally the, the reclamation so to speak that has been sweeping you know our world for the last six to ten years I would say and it's really reaching its culmination at this time with all of the divine feminine Christ consciousness awakening so much rose lineage work awakening and so much reclaiming of feminine consciousness and bodies even the me too movement I mean this is this is a 
astrological climate at this stage. It's a generational mm -hmm. climate of something that, yeah, it's deep, deeply ancestral work, but it's work that needs to happen. There's a calling. Mm. Yes. It's beautiful work. I think everything that you're doing is, is something that all women should work with in some way because we all have, if we don't have traumas that we can identify with in this life, we have that in our lineage and as a collective. And um, it's really when you start, either something triggers you that you have to do the work and you connect with it in that way and that can be very um it, that means that you go into your shadows as well so it's really tough work it's kind of an awakening but not maybe as what we imagine awakening is we always imagine it like being some enlightenment in like something that is bright and above, but this is about going like deep down into the darkness as in the womb. So it's really about doing deep work. And sometimes it's not triggered through an event, I think. It's more triggered also through curiosity um, or through just recognizing something in it i think it's so powerful and i love connecting with other women that are have this calling to to be in service in this way because it's it's a it's healing the collective as well so it's not just our own body and emotional body and yeah i love what 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 you're doing and I'm wondering also where you're based now how this work is received mm. thank you for all those reflections it's so it's mm. really beautiful mm. um the yeah I'm based in Dubai now mostly in the Middle East and North Africa region and it's so interesting what you were just saying, you know, there's so many different ways we encounter this work. Sometimes it is this big light enlightening where we just go, oh, I just, I just need more pleasure in my life. And sometimes indeed it's, it's more like the crack <laughs> that is mm. later where the light gets in. <laughs> mm. um, and I think that that same diversity I do meet in this region. Um, what's interesting about this region for me is that because I was involved in um, so much Sufi activity when I was younger that the culture makes an enormous amount of sense to me. Mm. Um, I'm very familiar with Islam and, and I'm familiar with the culture. And so there's a way that, um, there's a way that I connect to women in this part of the world that is just, it just feels, it just feels like my calling. It's just, it's a fluidity. It's like being enough of something that you feel familiar to people, but being distant enough from it that they feel that they can trust, uh, that they feel that they can trust you with 
things that maybe wouldn't be acceptable within, um, you know, within the family or within the culture. So there's this really beautiful line of deep trust um, and like sort of ancient knowing, but fresh remembering that that happens when I'm working with women here. And it's the work, the internal work is something I generally don't do much of in the Gulf region and in this part, because it's not yet legal. And part of the doctor of osteopathy work that I'm doing is I, um, I would like to bring I would like to bring internal body work to become legal in this part of the world and at very least in Dubai. Um, I have had a lot of friends here who are physios and osteos who have a specialization in internal pelvic work in an adjustments mm. and assisting after birth. And even though that's part of their professional, you know, fully rebated, um, you know, completely accepted medical model training, um, they're still not allowed to practice that in these parts of the world. And for me, when I think of that, I might think of OBGYNs and the fact that home birth is illegal in most places in, in, in the region. I just mm. see so much pioneering um, to be done. And I actually think it's incredible because I would rather work in a place where when these things come about, they're coming about for the first time. It's such a clean slate to generate a model of um, home birth from the get-go that, you know, not trying to reinvent something or trying to remove stigmas. For example, in Australia and Melbourne, it's very difficult um, with that whole issue, but here it's it's very fresh. So if we come at it in the right way and, and they're so open, they are really, you know, there is such a pioneering spirit of enlightenment and awakening in this part of the world. There's such a hunger for advancement, but also such a deep dedication to tradition. And I just, I see it as the most fertile ground for a calling of, um, of this sort. And I, I really hope that I can shift some of the perceptions around clinic work when it comes to internal work and womb work, but also around birth. And it is illegal, that work currently. So I tend to just do more body work here and group work and online mm -hmm. sessions, obviously during COVID. Um, that's been a thing. And then I do quite a lot of the internal body work in Egypt. Um, and we did, yeah, and that hasn't been an issue at all. So I think that it just depends where in the region you're based, who you know, how you're practicing. But um, I think overall, it's just a balance of being respectful to the needs of the people who are coming to see you and then also mindful and respectful of the cultures that are hosting you and I think that's yeah just trying to do that in a mindful but also ideally sophisticated way that hopefully can make some lasting change mm. yeah yeah the work that you do and the energy that you bring to this place is so important I think um, because there is still uh, me being a Middle Eastern myself and um, there, there is still a lot of uh, awakening in the collective that needs to be uh, for the whole world. But also when it comes to maybe we can see the legal things as the surface, right? The, that's like the when we break through that it, it's great and then we have you have to break break through also the 
consciousness and awareness of it. But from from how I grew up, it's um, it's still very based, as you said, in tradition, but also the roots of spirituality is always there. So it can be a different, there's a different strategy to creating change in these areas. And it's really about coming back to the, the roots of how things have been done before the in industrialization and the, the, how, because we, I mean, in, in my culture, we still use very natural remedies and, and, and uh, yeah, you know, like um, just a little bit of the old wisdoms, how, how people used to heal and, and use food as healing and things like that. So it's, it's a really interesting region that you're in. And I think what you're saying and with your studies that there can be a lot of shifts and I see more and more, also here in Sweden, like more and more interest in the, the rights of, of uh, birth, for example. Okay, here in Sweden, we have, since I'm, I'm also very interested in birth work and have been for the past few weeks also working in, in a maternity ward. And um, we... One thing that is unique here is that, um, and might be in more countries, but we have midwives that are um, responsible at birth. And there has also been a surge of like free birth and also birthing at home. And up until recently, this was also funded by like having midwives at home uh, was funded uh, in Stockholm but it was also taken out I think recently so there's it's a lot of movement here too to like the you have the right to give birth here wherever you want but also getting the support from society is important because then we get to uh, normalize it a little bit and also give the opportunity to everyone and not just those that can afford it and have that, those funds. So, and this is fundamental in creating an, an awareness around what birth is. Because birth is also the beginning of all life. So if that is not prioritized in society then what is if if the process of birth and and the 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 female body is not honored then what should be honored in uh, i'm just uh, like really um, really amazed that this hasn't been the case and that but i'm happy that it's it's starting to awaken in everyone right now So how, I'm really curious about your practice and Sufism, actually, how you got into that and what is the foundations of that and how does it translate in your work? Um, yeah, that's a beautiful question. And I, I just want to say, I really appreciate everything you just said. I, 
I think that it's very difficult for for people who have, and I found recently in the last years more surges of women who are not mothers becoming interested in birth work. And mm. I really do feel like it's our final frontier of reclaiming um, the ownership of and the celebration of the power of the feminine. And I think that it really is an epicenter of trauma. And I also appreciate what you said about um, the support and the funding and the government support and when you said, you know, the legal aspect is is kind of the, it's the superficial representation of the larger problem, and yet mm. simultaneously, when we, when we, when the government says yes, we support this, or when a, when a government says, you know, you have the right to access this type of care, it immediately floods. Um, it, it allows everyone the capacity to begin a conversation, and it's the conversation that's so necessary. But if it's illegal to even have the conversation because the practices aren't supported, then we just find ourselves in a place where, you know, we really have to look at who we are as a society and a world and our relationship to, as you said, life itself. And you know, that that's the same in environmental issues as it really is in birth, which may feel like a leap for many people, but it really isn't. It really truly is about how we honor the mother and the life that we all live together and so it's mm. something really powerful that you just spoke into and really touched my heart thank mm. you thank you mm. yeah it's so curious with the sufi aspect here i think it's um it's so interesting it is it's a frequency it's just a transmission or a frequency that my every 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 human body has the same energetic anatomy, but how we cultivate that anatomy, um, that depends on the, on the tradition or the lineage that we take part in because it's a transmission that we're taking. So um, it's, it, it's interesting, you know, if you do a certain form of yoga, you might be very spinal centric. You might have a sort of blue color to your energy. If you do a certain other thing, you might you know, have these different centers lit up because how we focus our awareness is also how we shape our energy. And while everything leads to one, there are different pathways we can cultivate for that awakening and, and different traditions teach different ones. And I think that I just spent so much time with my Sufi teachers and in that practice that I seem to have encoded my system with a very um, compatible uh, frequency for for the climate that I live in here in Dubai and Saudi and it's just yeah I mean I also find that met very much in Cairo and Egypt as well where there's a huge Sufi population um it's interesting often it's not something I'll speak about most of the people I treat don't off the bat know you know that I have that I am Sufi but there is this draw in the heart of the ancestral lineages that there is something of a frequency that is shared and it generates um, a really interesting bond and trust and yourself, your own ancestry, we found each other for this talk. I did also um, some work with um, Sheila Kamara Hay who does, you know, ecstatic birthing and she's mm. also originally from Iran and we've, it's really interesting the, the, the women that I find on my path even when it isn't in this part of the world and that ancestry, there's some call there. Um, I do have some blood from this part of the world. Um, mm. My father is half Welsh. And so he's actually got quite a lot of Moorish blood because the Moors came into mm. Wales. 
Um, so my sister and my father are slightly different color than us as well. And my sister's got sort of very Persian looking features actually, <laughs> which is beautiful. Um, but there's definitely something there, which I feel is, is both vibrational and embodied and mm. there is just a frequency. So it doesn't really show up like, you know, me holding your hands before a session and, you know, saying Al-Fatiha or some kind of, um, some kind of a prayer or something, but rather it kind of just shows up in this uh, magnetism that happens on some deep level. And it's just undeniable. It, it, the, there are certain doors and frequencies that open that um, colleagues haven't found there. And I'm really, I just know within me that it is that frequency of Sufism. It is that reverence for the language of, of devotion in this part of the world Every, every path has their own language of devotion. And I think that my field has just been blessed with um, the experience of the language of devotion that belongs here. And so that's, it shows up in a very, so it's not on the surface. It's not a, a conscious or a thought out thing. It's, it's just a path and it's just led me deeper and deeper and I couldn't be more grateful. Wow. Yeah, I could really just dive into everything that you're talking about it's so beautiful i resonate with it so much and it makes so much sense that we connected today because there's so much synchronicity and yeah your work is so beautiful i also felt just drawn to your energy i think without really realizing how um yeah how our work is also very synced in that way so I really appreciate that and I would actually love to have another conversation with you around birth work and that whole area because it's a big topic and it's so important because this is also something that really empowers women in their body, those who choose and can uh, have a child. It's really something magical with that and also uh, on the other side women who don't like how is that creativity what are we birthing then so I, I think that that would be a great topic to talk about and meanwhile I would love for you to share how people can connect with you if they want to do some work with you online or or in Dubai yeah perfect I would love to have that conversation <laughs> Mm. <laughs> oh, it's a, such a deep passion of mine and I, I couldn't yeah. Uh, yeah it's so beautiful mm. um if people would like to connect with me I think the easiest way is we are really active on Instagram our handle mm. is um underscore golden lotus underscore and um all of the work that we do um is available online at goldenlotusdxb.com um, and you can find the link also through our link tree on Instagram. Great. I'll make sure to just put everything in the show notes so people can connect with you. And I just want to thank you so much for joining today. I'm, I really appreciate it. It was so beautiful and energizing. I'm so happy that you took your time today. Thank you so much, Shireen. It's been so beautiful to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this episode helped spark an interest within you to work a little bit deeper with embodiment 
and that it helps you on your path and spiritual awakening and if you want to connect with Eva which I highly recommend that you do if you want to do this work you can find all her links in the show notes and she offers so much beautiful things on her website so I hope you enjoyed let's take a deep breath in through the nose and sigh it out through your mouth and namaste